0: launch and optimize web pages fast. That means you can set ambitious marketing goals and your site can rise to that challenge. Learn why teams like Dropbox, IDEO, and Orange Theory all trust Webflow to achieve their most ambitious goals today at webflow.com. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, and how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. My guest today on Leadership During Crisis is Jill Kress, Vice President, Consumer Marketing for PayPal. Jill and her team are on fire at PayPal as their business has accelerated dramatically during the pandemic. Jill is only a few months on the job at PayPal after 23 years at MasterCard and three years at National Geographic. This is my lively conversation with Jill Press. Jill, welcome back to the CMO Podcast. The last time I saw you, we were face-to-face across a small table recording a podcast, having a cup of coffee in New York. Right before you were going into. you were actually just starting in your job at PayPal coming out of three years at National Geographic. And you told me at that time that your superpower was connecting with people because I asked you a very direct question. What's your superpower? So I want to hear how that has helped you as you have started up a new job at PayPal during this pandemic.
1: What a great question. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, the world has certainly changed a lot since that moment. And it's been a really interesting journey to be taking on a transformational leadership role at this time. And it's been almost a gift in being able to accelerate the level of intimacy that I have with my team. Uh, I think as a result of the environment that we are in, where everyone is working from home, with their families, with their cats, <laughs> with their dogs, uh, with kids on their lap, it has really uh, created a level of familiarity of um, forced intimacy. I think sometimes where you know there's almost a resistance. I think for people to feel vulnerable when a cat is running across the keyboard, or you've got a, a four or five year old who who needs attention. But I think going back to that superpower, it has been a a, a vehicle to just surrender to that. When, when we went into this whole moment of COVID, I thought the most important thing I can do as a human and as a leader is to just surrender to what's happening because it's so out of our control. And I think taking that approach into how I connect with people through remote communication and just empowering them to let them know that it's okay to take a breath when things get intense and, and a kid needs help in the background um, has has been helpful in creating a level of comfort with folks on my team. I'm also really thankful that I hit the ground running. I started just before Thanksgiving and I got to Singapore. I went to the UK and met the team there and just as COVID was really flaring up in Europe, I was wrapping up a 3 month 3 month eight, I was wrapping up a 3 week uh, intense uh, visit with all of the local teams across our European markets. And so using that time to be present, to really get to know the the people there, I think we may have talked about this. I really Mm -hmm. believe that the more we know each other, the better we can work together, created a really good foundation to then be able to connect with people through this crazy moment that we're living in.
0: Well, the crazy moments will continue. You know, we may be working remote for... A year, two years, and maybe longer than that, just because companies are adjusting. So what's your yeah. advice to other people who are changing jobs, starting up in these times? You know, I, I have a daughter-in-law who works for Cisco. They're saying we may be remote for years. I have a son going to work for BCG, it's going to be remote consulting versus, you know, on the job for a while. So what's, you know, you're you're really great with people. You've had a great career at some remarkable companies. What's your advice to leaders changing jobs or starting up in these times?
1: You know, I think, as you said, it's not it's not a new normal. It's this next normal. And I think things will continue to change. And I think as leaders, as people taking on new roles, we have to lean into our resilience and our uh, resilience muscle to be able to adapt. We do a weekly wellness survey at PayPal, and it's been really interesting to see how things evolve. And so I think being prepared for the lack of consistency in how people are experiencing this, what's working, what's not working. But I think the, the importance of finding ways to connect in really meaningful and authentic ways with people is going to be even even more important. And I think to also be patient with the realities of that, Someone who's on my team, who I work really closely with, and we had the benefit of hitting the ground running on a few projects together in New York before this started. He has a five-year-old son. And the other day, he said to his son, say hi to Jill. And he said, oh, I'm so sick of saying hi to Jill. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And it was just to, you know, to take a moment to laugh and to, you know, sort of just, be present in the reality of that being the, the honest truth that this is not easy. And I think understanding and appreciating and really bringing our empathy as leaders who are working in these new environments.
0: Yeah. Now let's talk about PayPal for a minute because, you know, I've had people on this podcast whose businesses are really suffering and those that are really thriving. And you're one of the latter ones and I'm, I'm I'm a customer on your platform and and but as i look at your company now you know your new users are accelerating yeah payments are accelerating you've introduced some interesting new services so i'm having even trouble defining your company now you know it's evolving into something different you know part in a way life coach you know helper and so i'd like you to talk about that a bit you know your your stock price is up i don't know double since since COVID hit. So the company's really on fire and you've stepped up and offered new services in a very, very agile way. So I'd like, what's going on at PayPal? How have you been, what, you know, how has your purpose shifted or evolved? Yep. And uh, you know, just guide us through. It's, it's, I think it's going to be one of those case studies in a company that has understood the situation your customers, and moved into some different spaces very quickly. So I think our, li- our listeners would be really, really interested to hear what's going on internally. How have you done this?
1: It is really an incredible moment to be at PayPal. And I have to say, I am so proud of how we are stepping up. I shared with you, one of the reasons that I joined PayPal was because I believed deeply in the way that Dan Shulman leads PayPal. Your and CEO. I've come yep. yeah, Dan Schulman, the yep. CEO of PayPal, and how he leads PayPal. And I've come to learn a lot about the culture. And it is so I've worked for a couple of purpose-led organizations. This one is really impressive in how it is our purpose of democratizing financial services, drives everything that we do. And on a daily basis, Dan Shulman challenges. the the organization and his leadership team to ask us, what can we do to step up and to do the most good? And so as someone who's new to PayPal and who joined the company, because I believed so deeply in its values, I couldn't be more proud, thrilled, excited to be a part of what's happening in this brand uh, and to see that it is absolutely true. So, you know, from the moment that COVID hit, it was really a step back to ensure that all of our stakeholders were being well taken care of, starting with our employees, um, which was a massive pivot you know, to getting people to work from home. But beyond that, it was really around our consumers, our small businesses, uh, leaning into how we could accelerate our efforts to support PPP and you know, work through the government to support small businesses, adding functionality to Venmo and PayPal to ensure that consumers could cash stimulus checks uh, looking at all the incredible human inju- ingenuity, all the human ingenuity that was playing out on the platform as far as really seeing how connected consumers were and using peer-to-peer payments to facilitate generosity, to facilitate support, to connect with people in their community who were selling things that they needed, how, how we could support merchants. And it's really, uh, it's, it's intense. We are working really hard. Uh, you know, we we look at things like, what's playing out right now in consumers really wanting to support local businesses close to 74% of consumers are making a conscious choice to support businesses in their community. But then there's a headwind of concerns about safety and how do you pay safely? So we've accelerated things that we've been working on for a long time, like QR codes and accelerating the ability to get small businesses who want to get back to business safely, up and running with a QR code solution, uh, working with, you know, lots of, you know, really small businesses and small businesses, you know, you can go to a farmer's market and, you know, scan a QR code with your phone and take care of that purchase with, you know, from the convenience of your own phone without having to touch things. And so that has become a massive, massive focus. And there's a team of people working really hard on, on those kinds of solutions. So yes, you know, we, Our user base has grown tremendously and we feel really fortunate to be in that position as well as really responsible to our users to be helpful. And so it's a lot of looking at what are they using the platform and how can we be as helpful to drive that that mission of inclusion and democratization of, of access to financial services for all.
0: Yeah. Jill, how, how have you done that? I mean, could you give our listeners some specifics? I mean, does Dan, do you have weekly stand-up meetings, daily stand-up meetings? How do you make choices of all the things you could do to help people? How have you brought these services to market so quickly? So give us a little bit of a window into how you were working inside PayPal. You were a very high-functioning company before COVID, and it seems to have just gotten even more high-functioning, more in touch. So what rituals, processes, you know, have you put in place that has enabled this?
1: When COVID hit, Dan was holding a daily stand-up with his leadership team. It may have scaled back, but through that, they defined and really continued to keep a pulse on what it is that we should be focused on. And there is a relentless prioritization of the projects that matter. And, you know, we've defined a series of quote unquote moonshots um, that we must focus on. And we, we have a very organized, uh, governed process around task forces of people from product to engineering, to marketing, to communications that come together on a daily basis in agile squad-like functions uh, against project plans, milestones, and we present to Dan on a bi-weekly basis our our progress, and we're making investment decisions in the way of people, resources, to ensure that we're focusing on, on those projects that are really going to move the needle. So there's a lot of discipline. It's really impressive to see how we have been able to sort for impact and focus on the things that matter most, but there's a lot we're, you know, we are really, you know, we really focus on, uh, the things that matter most, but there are many things that we, we are working on at the moment. So people are uh, really, really engaged. Mm
0: -hmm. How have you stayed close to your customers through this? Is there any difference in how you're doing that versus pre-COVID? So many companies are, I mean, hyper consumer centric, now customer centric, which is a good thing which I hope we don't lose post-COVID. But how have you done that?
1: Yeah, I joined PayPal as part of uh, an effort to be even more consumer focused. And I think that COVID has been a moment to accelerate that because what we've done is as we started to see these tremendous growth rates of customers coming into PayPal, it wasn't just about delivering growth. It was about understanding why those consumers were coming to PayPal and to Venmo. What were the jobs that we were doing for those customers? And so, you know, we've taken a much stronger look at the aggregated data to look at, you know, what what were the kinds of peer-to-peer payments that were, were playing out? What made them so important? And they were personal, right? They were people who wanted to help those on the front line. So simple things like, within the Venmo platform we it's an it's a it's a social platform community really plays out in Venmo in the way that people exchange money and so we started to see emojis like pizza and beer mugs going down because people were not out and we saw for example in the first week of covid a 375% increase of payments that had a surgical mask attached to them mm. And so, you know, really quick insights into people wanting to support those who were on the front lines, which led to an effort that we we, we launched to Venmo it forward to provide a twenty dollar credit to those who were doing good, encouraging them to continue to do good. Um, we started to see, and that took off. It was great, and it just a you know really nice organic way. Ellen got involved in it. We also saw the PayPal platform. Being used by new consumers, so we had a huge influx of consumers who were over fifty start to use PayPal for the first time to procure things online uh, to you know to to partake in that so that meant we had to create educational tools and figure out how do we be helpful. We started to see that people who fund their PayPal wallet through credit cards were looking for ways to use rewards to pay for things, even things like you know. You know, we had some research done, and people were saying, "I wish I could use all these rewards points that I won't use for trips anytime soon." To your point of not not getting out in the world for things like toilet paper for water. So we started to work on accelerating messaging around how you can pay with your rewards through PayPal and, and helping and educating consumers who are coming onto that platform. So it was really understanding those use cases and even fun use cases stories we were hearing about grandmas who grandmothers who were sending. PayPal payments to their children so that they could do a virtual cooking class with their grandkids who they weren't able to see so that the parents could have an hour break from their their kids. And it was sweet. And we started to create some social content to actually celebrate some of that human ingenuity. And I think it has accelerated our efforts to humanize PayPal and to not tell the stories of PayPal, but to tell the story of how the network enables moments of keeping us connected of human ingenuity, of kindness, of generosity. And so I think we've been much more aware of this platform does a lot to enable connectivity, goodness, and things that really matter, hence the growth and the responsibility that goes with that.
0: We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So, what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. How do you think your purpose has evolved, has it? Or are you just finding different ways of activating it?
1: I think we are finding new ways of activating that purpose that has been so well-defined since PayPal separated from eBay. I think what I'm observing as someone who's, who's new and so inspired by what's happening is that we're really flexible with how that mission can play out and challenging how far we stretch that. So over the events that played out related to social unrest and Black Lives Matter, the, the pace at which we mobilized a massive investment across what we do for paypal employees to promote diversity inclusion uh, and, and creating pools of funds uh, you know we dedicated 15 million dollars of investment for our employees to accelerate work on diversity inclusion but beyond that we did took some efforts to invest locally in areas that were hard hit by that and we went as far as to establish a 500 million dollar fund to invest in black and minority owned businesses in communities where we, we hope to be able to invest in economic growth. That happened in a matter of, of days as that crisis was playing out. And so it is a, an environment where I think our mission is presented to us in ways where we have to be really fast and mm-hmm. flexible and decide how do, we, how do we focus and bring that to life. Uh, and and be nimble and, and do the right things and make the right choices. But I think when you are so mission led, and that is a North star for a company, it allows you to be as flexible and fast paced as you need to be to respond and to react and to do what is right by what the company stands for.
0: What is it about your culture? And we talked about your culture when we had our discussion over the winter, but you now have been there, you know, over six months what is it about this culture that we could learn from? You've talked about agility and, and kindness and, and activating the purpose with, uh, with a new spirit. Is there something else about the culture that others could learn from? I mean, you're, you're remarkable. You're one of the best performing companies in the world right now. So what is it about this culture?
1: One of the things that I've really been impressed with and observed is the level of presence that, Dan Shulman, our CEO, and the executive leadership team have. It is, I actually, I sent Dan an email after a meeting recently. He is a CEO who sits on these Zoom calls and looks at everyone who's talking. You know, it's an eye-to-eye conversation. He is incredibly present. He is so focused. And that really trickles down across His leadership team. And I think there is a, he sets the tone and the example for the importance of active listening, being present. So I sent him a note saying, thank you, as someone who often struggles to be truly present and in the moment, given everything that's happening, yet knowing it is something that's so important to people who are working remotely and really need that level of attention and focus. Thank you for setting such a great example and being so present with us in these really Challenging, aggressive conversations that were happening, and that is that is something that is different to me as uh, an employee versus other places that I've worked. A level of presence and focus. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's talk about you for a bit as we wrap up. You, as Ilya, we talked about Dan and and how the company has shifted and how you were uh, able to onboard in person before everything hit. But I want to hear about. Anything that's changed with you during this time of unrest over the last 6 months you know are there new commitments new resolutions new habits that you've developed that you want to carry forward coming out of this i mean how has this shaped you as a leader
1: so this experience has shaped me as a leader in remembering how important it is to set the tone for our employees so as things started to accelerate and the workload picked up, we've never been more busy. I have never I have never worked harder in my entire life than I have in the last few months on delivering some of these products and solutions and all of the messaging that goes with that. I love to work in transformation and in chaos, so in many ways I'm thriving. But I realized the burden of what that meant for people who worked for me was tremendous and I have grown children I'm not homeschooling and so the pace that's right for me is not necessarily a pace that is right for everyone and so the importance of being overt and communicating the rituals that I was embracing as part of my my day were important so one of the things that is has always been a a cornerstone of the Crest family day has been dinner. Ever since my daughter could eat real food, we always had family dinner. And there was a moment where I started to realize I was sacrificing that and my daughter was home from school. And I thought, this is crazy. Like this is a very big part of how this family connects with each other. And so I carve out time for dinner and I would do things like take pictures of dinner. And we did a lot of theme night dinners and I would share those with my team and show them that i was really truly taking time for an element of my day that was a ritual that was really important so i think it's the overt nature of that reminding people that we are human that we are taking time i get up every morning i've i've refallen in love with my my actual bicycle uh, i think we talked about my obsession with soul cycle um, so now I often get up early and take a nice long bike ride outside. It's a great way to start my day and get energized. So I try to talk about those things and not take them for granted and share with my team and, and bring a level of empathy when they say they need to check out to share. you know, That's exactly what what I do as well. And I think we just can't assume that our team... Knows that it's okay to do that. We have to remind them and use the things that we do as examples to empower them to take the time to create balance, to embrace those rituals that can make their attempt to have some sort of balance in this moment uh, viable.
0: Yeah, I, it's fairly really important. We help people with burnout these times. Yeah, you know, and that's exactly what you're doing. I mean, it's just a really really big watch out for people because it's. You're not, you know, the, the the boundaries have always been fluid with work and personal. They're way more fluid than ever.
1: They absolutely are.
0: So one last question. This, that was a nice way to end, but I want to ask one more. How are you using the platform now, Venmo and PayPal, as a as a human being? What are you doing more of on your platforms?
1: So it's interesting. I've become much more engaged in the community nature of Venmo, and it almost becomes like a a social platform, because you just start looking at all the amazing things that happen and how people pay each other. So it's almost a, a source of entertainment. I'm I'm also really intrigued by some of the product functionality that we have that I wasn't even aware of. Uh, so, you know, QR codes and finding ways to try that and get to that experience and being able to pay with your phone is something that I'm, I'm quite focused on right now. But we have another product, which is called a money pool. Which I don't know where the money pool has been all my life, other than I just wasn't aware of it. So if you're trying to collect money for a group gift, for a you know year-end teacher gift, for mm-hmm. a uh, you know any any use case where you have to get money into one place, there's a money pool. So I have introduced my friends and family to the power of money pools, and in, in, you know everyone sending a payment into a common account that we can use to get the things that we're trying to get to other people. Uh, So that's been kind of fun. I just did a money pool for someone on our team who was having a baby. So, and we wanted to create a group gift. Mm -hmm. So, you know, experiencing the, uh, the utility of those products that are really deeply personal, because generally when you're wanting to get money together in one place, it's for something that really matters to welcome a baby into the world to, to celebrate a teacher at the end of the year. And so, you know, it's, it, it reminds me of how important the network is in keeping people connected to the things that matter most to them in their lives.
0: Jill, that's a great way to end it. Thank you for your insights. You look wonderful. You look like you're getting outdoors. You're enjoying the summer as much as you can. The bike ride idea in the morning, I'm going to pick up on because I'm not riding my bike as much as I used to. And I have to get back to that. And the early morning is the perfect time to do that. So thanks, Jill. It's great to catch up. And, and, uh, and everything your company is doing to help others, especially you know, what you're doing to help uh, small businesses, minority-owned small businesses, very inspiring. Thanks for sharing it.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Always great to see you.
0: That was my conversation with Jill Cress. I loved how she spoke about her CEO and how engaged he is, how personal, how authentic, and how she writes to him, giving him feedback for how effective he has been during the pandemic. I also loved how she spoke about burnout and how she's explicitly and overtly trying to work that with her team. They're very excited, they're very engaged, but they have to be sure that they stay fresh and creative during these very intense times. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends and if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.